0: Spinner,
1: spinner, spinner, spinner. The fell in the grain my short.
0: The fell in the grain my short. the good man
1: on the bench. Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself Roy Shanahan and Mr. Nathan Doyle from theBigKickoff.com. Now it's just been a crazy week for Waterford United. The week of their playoff against UCD, Nathan Mark Bertram is in at the start of the week, and he's well gone by the end of the week.
0: Yeah, this is just an uh, absolutely mental situation, hasn't it? Since the whole team took off, a uh, little tea behind the court, and we're recording this now on Thursday evening, uh, the twenty fifth. This all started to break down one of our eyes on Tuesday morning. Uh, and even the start of this situation was crazy uh, Mark released a statement on Twitter saying that after a brief text conversation with owner uh, Richard Forrest he was given a one week suspension which correct me if I'm wrong here but I don't remember a manager ever getting a suspension uh, from internally we've obviously heard a manager been suspended for cards and, and, and things like that but never went like this Well, scrap that 45, no, 45 minutes later uh, Waterford released an official statement on the social media platform saying that the club has terminated Mark Burton's contract I should said a couple of days out from the biggest game of that season that uh, relegation promotion playoff game uh, against UCD, that's coming up on Friday and what on earth were are you thinking? Literally, absolutely mentally like you look at the situation that Mark had to walk into back in August uh, taking over from Kevin Sheedy uh, rock bottom to the table it was it's just fractured dressing room you know we heard of it's all reported but we've heard of plenty of people talking about the bust up involving uh, Brian Murphy there was an instance there between Oscar Brennan he hasn't been seen since to a left the club you know we, can, we came into the back end of the ownership at Lee Power you know Mark wasn't there that long and we've seen new owners coming in um, but we settled him down Went off got a four win uh, winning streak four games uh, with a win got them off the bottom of the table. Look all day they've been in the relegation battle all season, but just the Waterford side, that looked dead and gone uh, before Mark came in. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Really, really is. Uh, the man that got them into this situation, it's fascinating to think that he's not going to gonna be yeah. on the sideline. Um, I'm sure there's more that goes into it. You know, we've seen Mark, we've listened to Mark talk in interviews. I found him a very, very good character. But, you know, he's, he's very honest, very blunt. We've seen him come out and, uh, and publicly uh, have a go at the players. Uh, in previous weeks poor performances but then look we see other man just do that you know we see that like, Ollie Hogan has done in the past and look I'm no better man himself i praising Oli for them sort of attributes so you, you, you can't slight one uh, without slighting the other uh, yeah for me mental decision absolutely mental and I'm pretty sure I'm not in the, in the minority here
1: no absolutely not It it is a crazy decision um, but I don't think everything was rosy uh, in the background anyhow Nathan Mark has been on Talk Sport today discussing the, this very thing and he said that one of the, the reasons why uh, there wasn't uh, it wasn't so rosy was because he wouldn't play the chairman's son. Did you hear anything about this?
0: Yep. I did, yeah, yeah. George Forrest, um, who we've seen popping up. uh played a couple of games. I think he scored a key goal and it's gone to my head now when he was playing, but he did score a last in the goal throughout the FA Cup one. Uh, and Mark even went as far to say that it, the only reason Richard Paul bought Waterfoot was to that their professional football career of his two sons and went on to say that uh, Richard did like, didn't like his honesty didn't like what he brought to the table. Um, like I said it, 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 Mark can come across as a very blunt major guy uh, when speaking about football which is, isn't a bad term uh, to be using but yeah very very strange uh, whole situation and it's understandable you know we're like you said, it's, it's the reluctancy to play the young lad uh, Forrest and Mark even come out and said that when it was down to himself and the chairman running things, everything was going smoothly. But then once the ownership started to get involved, which you can never do, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing, owners should never have a say on the starting level, uh, the tactics, training methods, anything like that nature. That's just not the role to be involved in. Uh, Mark then went on, you know, said that realistically George Forrest was not going to be at, at with the club next season that they were looking to move on and bring in a better personnel, um obviously hopefully, hopefully from what point of view in the Premier Division. But yeah, the young lad wasn't going to be a team next year, so it seems like that was it doesn't seem like that's the be all and end all, but it definitely seems that was a real contributing back factor and reading reading some of the quotes uh, from Mark and yeah, it seemed that like the owner wasn't happy that the young lad wasn't getting a look in week in, week out.
1: Forest seemed to be gelling with the community gelling with the fans mm-hmm. everything seemed to be going yeah. really really good and now this is just a it's a bombshell really isn't it and and the big question has to be asked now if he do, the next manager doesn't play his son or didn't give him the game time one is he going to get the sack and number two is Forrest going to leave because he's not getting his own way
0: yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You know, me and you have even been on the show and saying how much we're better fresh air, like the forest coming in at Waterford is like we are saying, where men and community links, uh, we're having the lads getting involved with schemes and local charities and things like that. And all seems rosy. It really is, really but obviously not. Yeah, from the from the point of view of Matt Burton. where like we were saying, once with him and the chairman in, in going along together everything seems to be fine, but once Forrest was getting his nose involved that that team's was like tension of and Um, Now there was an announcement made about who's going to be taking over on Friday. That's a jetman by the name of Ian Hendon. So uh, yeah, no pressure in expecting young uh, George Forrest to be on that stand <laughs> 11 Or would be out the door. Look a little bit about Ian. Uh, English man, you know, he, he's coaching and managing with the likes of Barnett, Gillingham, uh, Leighton Orient. He's even a coach at West Ham. Uh, his last job was in Gibraltar with Europa points. He's uh, do well, by all accounts, by reading up a bit about him at, at his time in Bayern, but oh albeit that was quite a long time ago now, that would have been in, in around 2006-2007. But yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously an, it's really an impossible task for him as well, isn't it? You know, we've got to feel, even for him, he's been throwing in for 48 hours uh, preparation when he meeting the lads uh, yesterday, get, getting to uh, throw them out well it was quite low because of how well Mark Brisham was doing, like we were even talking a couple of weeks ago what we were we taking how well he's doing if you can keep him in the Premier Division would we'll be in a decent FBI Cup run this season got to the semi-final you know for us for me I'm not going to speak for you boy, but for me uh, he was certainly contender for a manager of the season with the job that he's done and that would have been um, even that would have went up more in my estimation if he kept him in the Premier Division but well, to, to, to think that he's not going to be there on the third and fourth night after the back in decision and again you know what we do we look in at the fan reaction and the fan engagement and the Waterford uh, fans they do they, they have a similar sentiment it's, it, all of a sudden over this one decision there seems to be you know a bond and camaraderie between the fans and the new ownership but now there's been just questions being asked there's been comparisons to you know with the, the peak six and you know, what's comments from dark and the mess of the situation at Waterford now we're not a completely different situation but I might have seen good comparison and boy Waterford fans saying how much of a mess of a situation this has come to be yeah crazy things think been change really really is over a matter of a couple of days
1: yeah and there was a, he reckons because he didn't play his son he didn't get to support in a disagreement with the club's underage department ahead of the same Pats game where they had four oh, right. four players suspended three injured and only two outfield Mm. subs. And the under-19s, they they were asked why uh, they didn't use the under-19s, and he basically said, listen, we didn't have the under-19s because they didn't train with us the day before, and that's my rule, no matter if it's our captain, goalie, or centre-forward, that if they didn't train with the day before, and they had a match at the weekend. Anyhow, seemingly, there was a tweet put out to say that it was something to do with him and uh, Bircham said the decision for the youth to focus on preparations for their underage game came from Academy Director Mike uh, Gagan but seemingly the blame was put on him by, by, by a tweet and he wanted that retracted and uh, mm-hmm. that didn't come along so I don't think he was happy with that so things were starting to crack behind the scenes before before we've ever seen it anyhow before it, it did, you know the egg fell and, and, and was smashed to bits and the whole thing fell apart so yeah could you see could you see him get a job in the League of Ireland again who, who could you see actually having a look at him and going you know he, he could do a job for us
0: yeah it's, it's, it's a difficult one isn't it by looking at him here I'll save him I think he's done a brilliant job at Waterford um, but just coming to me from just a, a, a common everyday fan I think it'd be difficult obviously leaving such a messy, messy circumstance I think other chair people or owners would look at them and there'd be a bit of a stigma and a reputation attached to them, uh with the way but look I know in the past that's, that's not really stopped people from getting woke uh, if we've seen managers float through a number of clubs and live under a cloud of controversy but yeah I I, I don't think just the manner of the way he left even though it may not be, be his fault I don't think it would have done any favours really um, I think I know Job at the moment, like the Longfords, yeah just can't be mind there. They be in quite a curious position where uh, they'll be eager building a promotion push for next season. I don't, not too sure if they state fancy win them in Just have uh, just the way that they're coming. Um, like you said, like be like, to in for most of the season. It looked like every, everything was was just in the camp, but. There must have been a lot of uh, infighting going on in a short space of time. So I'm not too sure if people will will be very eager to get Mark Birch in. And it was a shame, because I I like the guy. Like, Listen to to quite a few interviews he's done. Since he came to Waterford, obviously, you can't say anything about how good of a job he's done. As I said, took a team that was down and out, and he gave them life, he gave them hope, and there's one game away from potentially staying in the Premier Division, and that's something that, look, it's impossible at one stage and I think if the job gets done on Friday night we can't forget the man who got into this situation
1: Yeah I mean what has he done that has dirtied his babe he hasn't done really anything has he he's, he's done a good job he hasn't agreed with a chairman I, I think that happens at every club so mm. is his babe dirty?
0: It's just it's never really for me it's never really a good look when, like I said, you, that's the fourth point I made when answering that question. I don't think he's actually done anything wrong here, but the public tweets and things like that, they, they don't tend to go down well when you uh, you know, airing some dirty laundry, even though it may not be yours. He's done a lot of so stuff quite publicly. He's only suspended and made a statement and things like that. I'm just trying to think of it from a point of view of ownership and chairmen and people that have to walk around. Them. But like I said, I like Birch I think he's done a fantastic job.
1: I think it well, was your look, though, a, a Nathan, at Waterford United. When they let go Kevin Sheedy, when they brought in Bertram, all this was done on Twitter. None of this was done. The, the, the managers yeah, weren't told, yeah. you know. So all they've done all this through Twitter. So to to talk about, you know, another manager trying to put his point across out in social media, because where else can you put it? I'm not so sure that's a a bad thing, you know. I mean, he he you have to you have to defend yourself as well. You can't you can't just, you know, you can't leave yourself out there and people doubting you. So I think he's trying to make sure that his his reputation isn't damaged. Um it's yeah, it's it's a tricky one, alright? But from I think if a manager can do a job, I think people will take a chance if they think. Um just before we leave that one, I mean there's been talk about you know, Drogheda United and Dundalk maybe looking for managers. Uh, talk about Dundalk maybe looking for Drogheda United manager. <laughs> yeah, could you yeah. could you see could you see a Dundalk taking on someone like him?
0: It's a tough one, isn't it? Because yeah, like I said, Tim Clancy was the name that's thrown around with Dundalk. I also think Stephen O'Donnell was the name that's gotten thrown around with mm. <laughs> Dundalk. That's the one that gave me more heart palpitations. It. It's one I, <laughs> I talked about before in the show. Was that I, I wonder? Just no little idea I wonder what Steve and find it hard to, to say no to Dunbar just with the connection there with the club and what you'd like to think that he see is what he's building at it at Pat's and and hopefully they stay there. But going back not to deflect, um I'm not sure. i really, really not. Like I said, like like I will stand for the point that i have got to be jogging on Waterford and yeah, like like I'm not trying to dragging to the moors and have a go at any of the, the, the statements just coming from the point of view of what some higher up of the club will think and even though yeah you're, you're right, would have made everything really public over Twitter and that even goes back to the days of Alan Reynolds doesn't it that was one of the sticking points yeah. where he left which the COVID situation that, that he, he was he wasn't even privy to a lot of information were he <clears> wasn't finding <following throat> it via email or phone calls he was finding it on Twitter so I can understand the frustration in the club but yeah, it is. he's marked to find himself in such a weird situation. In, in, in the face of the day, that's going back from. I feel that while well, the fan situation won't change, I think fans will all agree in saying they've done such a great job. But yeah, I, I think you have a reputation of being blunt, uh, quite brutally honest. They look at the at the factual relationship between him and the owners. And yeah, if you're looking at it from a Dundalk point of view, as it's been such a, a difficult um uh, but definitely a difficult season, but a different couple of years uh, behind the scenes for them. I'm not sure if he'd be the band that they would be looking for uh, in the short term. I think they would really be looking to bring the likes of Tim Clancy, Steve McDonald, someone that they feel can calm things down a little bit. Uh, no, because it's been such a crazy time all your part hasn't it? Over this season, especially.
1: Yeah, and uh, I've no doubt that probably Mark was looking to... Um, Bounce off the League of Ireland and hop Hopefully. back into England again and get a job over there. So that very well might happen as well. Okay, the PFAI had their award nominees for Young Player of the Year and Player of the Year. Nathan, let's talk about
0: this. Yeah, what do you reckon? Um, let's probably start off the big one. Well, not the big, big one, uh, in terms of the name value, probably. Yeah. The Premier division, Player of the Season, Player of the Year. What do you reckon? Chris Foster? Hey, Pat, uh George Kelly obviously from Bohemian and Roberto Lopez once again uh, from Shamrock Rovers.
1: Yeah, do you know what?
0: Anyone, anyone there? Any any trait that stood out for you? Anyone that maybe surprised you? You know, I don't know. Oh, for me,
1: I'm yeah, the not George gonna...
0: Kelly Roberto Lopez can't that, be. That, that, that's no argument What about Forrester?
1: Yeah, I, I uh, 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 like uh, you. You've you've seen more of part of start than I've seen. I've seen him. I've seen him at the start of the season, and he was looking well. As in, he yeah. he, he was dictating games. Not. I thought he faded. Um. I don't know if you see you've seen him more than me, so I I didn't think his impact was as as great. Um. But then again, you can you can tell me off on that one. Georgie Kelly. It's a funny one for with Georgie Kelly for me to tell you the truth because I, I I'm still even though he's finished top goal scorer and he 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 banging them in. Um, I'm not and it's a terrible thing to say about someone who is who has finished top goal scorers in a cup final this weekend and could very well win them the cup final I'm still not totally convinced Um, he, yeah, I, I don't know why it is I think it's I just think his overall game can still improve and I think that that's Listen, he's probably is he one of, the, one of the better players in the league this year, possibly. Because I tell you the truth, I don't see too many standout players this year. Uh, Roberto, good solid defender. He has things to work on as well. I'm sure he'll agree that uh, maybe on the ball that he can be a little bit better. His defense, I suppose you can't. He's he's full hearted. He he puts in uh, some amazing tackles. He he, you know, you can see him communicating with the back line his heart and soul's in everything. Um, and again, of course, he, he's he gone and he's represented his country as well. So he's uh, he's he's done really, really well this year. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to even think off the top of my head. I, I was, I'm nearly at the stage to say I wasn't really that impressed with anyone this year. And I don't really think that there should be a trophy.
0: It's just yeah, Null and void. Null and
1: voyage, yeah <laughs> well you know me you know yeah. me and these trophies anyhow I always think these know, are ridiculous I things but I, no, I uh, for me remember
0: well, last, last season, to cut a caution remember last season uh, this is this, this, this how uh, people listening in it's how much Roy hates this shit for last year I was like oh we come up with ideas for the end of the season and I'm the trail was the basic bitch answer of Oh, how about we do our little end of season award, you know? We, we dedicate a show, to, you know, pick a team of the year and this, that and the other. I think how long to that conversation last right forty seconds. Probably. I, get, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I gave me spear. I gave me whole uh, pitch and just went, Oh I'm not fucking doing that. Right, anyway, no the new one <laughs> 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 So I know, yeah, finity is a deal, it, it it just could be a short conversation. Yeah. Just but nobody, nobody wins. I, <laughs> and that's it. Like,
1: but who has stood out for you then this year? Who who has been consistent? Like, okay, let's let's put it this way, right? L- Roberto Lopez and Georgie Kelly have they been consistent? Yes, I'll say that. I, I still don't yeah. think they've been standing. Now people turn around and say, well, he scored twenty one goals this year. Yeah, he d- he didn't score a, a goal for a lo- for a long time. He did bang in a few a few hat tricks. There was penalties. I've I just I, he did improve even when they were on the European run and he scored. I think he scored. Couple of goals, uh, uh, but they scored more goals than 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 he scored. I still thought that he was only getting his feet together. Then he he did start to improve. I do I do agree with that. Um, so yes, you could have him up there for player of the year. I I, I, ag- I agree with that. But I t- I definitely think that he can be a hell of a lot better than what he is and I'd be interested to see how he grows over the next two seasons I don't think I think George, Georgie will turn around himself and he will say listen I can be a better player than what I am this year it, that's going away from what it is who's the best player this year fair enough yeah. uh, Georgie's up there he scored goals Roberto's there he uh, he he does well in, the, in that back line God what about your your boy um
0: yeah, B-check. I have to be honest. Uh, yes, there you go. If I was looking at the three names, um, Forrester was the one that I saw. I went, "Well, oh, that's an interesting one," because I had seen Chris a lot this season. Like you said, start of the year, uh, brilliant Leagues of the play, excellent Sitting That little bit deeper, and it seems to suit him now. And um, with the, with the players around him, and look, look, Chris isn't coming to the twilight of his career uh, but He's starting to mature as a player, starting to mature as a person, and you, you can see that role suits him a bit more. And at the start of the season was excellent, really. seen that the Chris Foster of old, while he didn't come to a complete standstill, he did. He, he, he dwindled a little bit, you know. We settled in. He just plateaued, and then game changing performance just came a little bit and uh, less consistent. But we've seen that with players, you know, like we. I, I'm, as people know, I have a little bit of a fan like James Brown I thought of it. I think we've seen the same thing with him. We're watching excellent performance excellent performance The third season. That quietened down a little bit. Uh, there was consistency there but he didn't quite reach the heights. Chris was the same. I think, yeah, if you're going to pick a past player which I think it's a realistic show if you pass one of, if not the, overachievers of the season. Uh, they had a great year for him second in, in a cup final now. But I think, yeah, they're going to go with a the past player. You, you, you go beat Yarros and ultimately, for me, he was probably the best goalkeeper in the entire uh, league this year. You've seen that. He actually won the past player of the year. A little bit of everything. A couple of nervy moments at the start of the year, you know. You can guess i have be 19 his first year right, playing regular men, senior football, but distribution the lad has, the communication, which we have got to hear that through the, um, the, the empty grounds, unfortunately. Um, even for someone that, that's so young, very commanding, coming for a ball, you had to be a great shot stopper too, but all the trades for a modern goalkeeper with the calmness in the ball, that distribution. Um, yeah, if they're going to have a past player for me. Uh, Yarra should be up there. And I'm trying to convince an argument for a Matty Smith as well. Matty, Matty is an excellent. But again, it took Matty a little bit to get in and find my position, he was moving from the left to the middle and changing up with like Billy King beside him, Cochrane. But if you're going to go with consistency of the season, the patch player that beat Iraq and goal would definitely be my argument. Um, Georgie Kelly, I do agree with you. We've talked about it enough with him. well that's definitely a good player, really, really good player there. He has to be there for the goal scored and plotted. I-, I just think it'd be difficult to make an argument against him. Again, it's, it's, it's real, is You know, We've seen him last year at Pats and he, he, he struggled. He set himself he's down to fitness and not used to down to full 90, and just that, and the other shortened season. This is his year, sure, you know, being the main striker of the club. We've seen him at some dark, he would have been a younger guy at UCD uh, coming in now. So hopefully, you think it's better team. Still, the guy's only 23 as well. So um, this season, he'll be doing the world to good, looking like he's going to go to Derry City. Uh, and you saw this, the record he has this season, he did well. Uh, Roberto Lopez, I'm a big fan of Roberto. I do agree really with just the one thing. Uh, you can see him on not really his distribution on the ball, but tends to be a little bit sloppy in terms of giving it away, taking one or two needless touches and down this area so you don't really need it. But out uh, entry, I think I would give Roberto the not. just like you're saying, the, the defensive uh, duties that he pulls off a great. He's one of the main reasons why Shamrock Rovers have won back-to-back titles um, and kept such a good defensive record in doing so. He's in that national It's uh, While you don't have a, a bearing on the League of Ireland, not many uh, League of Ireland players do that. I don't know they're saying for Cape Verde, it's not the highest standard in the world, but not many go and, and play regular international football and balance that with, with an excellent performance, consistent performance. Uh,
1: at the highest level in you know football. Yeah, no, I'm in total agreement. I, I think he probably is. When when you're discussing it, there, he probably is the, the, the man who probably deserves it. Um again, you know, he's with a league-winning team. They've done it in, yeah. in in decent style. He's done. He's given his part. And uh, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I again, I'm looking at Danny Mandreau. He's played 35 matches this year. He scored 15 goals, and. 15 goals is quite good for, for Mandreu. Yeah. But yet when I've seen him in games, he's been drifting in and drifting out of games. So it shows you, if you go on a little, you know, sport of form, the stats can make you look better than what you wear. Now, that's not saying that Mandreu wasn't good. I'm just saying that, again, another player that I think consistency... In performance, would bring them on to another level, you know. So, I'm looking at uh, uh, players in the League of Ireland, and I'm saying, listen, when you look at look at Sligo, some of the Sligo players started off absolutely flying. Drogheda United, like you said, Drogheda United dropped off really, really uh, badly. You could turn around and 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 with the opposite way and look at Derry City, where they started off slowly and and kicked off then. So, I suppose Shamrock Rovers are the most consistent. um, and yet, even if you pluck out that Shamrock Rovers team, who was, who, who could you not, different, Jack Bourne the, the, year, the year before, you know, he was dominant in every game. I just didn't see that by anyone in the league this year. Um, so, yeah. yes, Player of the Year doesn't mean that you have to be dominant in every game, and, and but that's where the standard should be and that's why I think Player of the Year is a load of shit. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Young Player of the Year?
0: Oh yeah, and I gotta give a little plug. Uh, heading the game, young player of the year. That was a nice little uh, announcement we got to, we got to make all about heading the game. Yeah uh just a quick thanks to Team like a T F E for so giving us that honor. Uh absolutely delighted, We're gonna have our uh, chairman Dean Arrow Smith uh, lives over in Chicago. He's making the, the trip home and everything to present the the awards. So yeah, another little feather on that cap. But look, I'm gonna get off I'm, I'm gonna stop flattering that that's like. Uh yeah, young player of the year, Jeez, this this is the puppy, wasn't it? It could have been, and I've seen people complain about people missing out, and I understand that. Been, we've been lucky, there's been quite a few impressive uh, young lads in the league. But the three that got the North was uh, Dawson Devoy and Ross Tierney from uh, Bohemians, and Colin Whelan from UCD. I am a, a massive, massive fan of Colin Whelan. Uh, just a quick one he was also actually nominated for the Fourth division player of the year Colin Whelan, Warren Bennett from Shales, and Liam Kerrigan from uh, UCD. I don't know, material. I don't watch enough fourth Division football to constantly make a choice uh, on the fourth Division. So, if you're listening in and you're a fourth Division fan, let us know who you'd pick. I um, need you, Roy, you're to uh, make a shout there. I just I, I, I do not. Unfortunately, I just don't have enough voice to be able to watch Premier, Premier Division, Fourth Division, uh, and then the lights take over too. Uh, but yeah, well done to them three for the First Division. But going back to the young player big yeah big fan of Colin Whedon. I have been uh, for the past couple of years. He's he, he goal scoring record a of the while I don't think that means anything, and that's another one got like a lot of people are saying for Georgie Kelly, well you have to give it to Georgie, you know, he he's goal scoring record 60 cells. It does Yeah, but it is going back to the point of consistency and and and, and things like that. But Colin Whedon, you know, he finished up uh, the second in the goal scoring rankings last season just behind his teammate Yo Yo Maddy. and he's dominated the rankings this season. Um, in, in terms of goals in the 4th Division and like, like I said a couple of times I'd love to see him in the Division regardless of the UCB idea or not because this lad is, is, is absolutely bad for talent and and trying but I've we're briefly seen him for UCD, but then you see him as well on, on the international stage uh, for Underage with the Ireland. Uh, 21 the, the lad is, is really, really talented
1: Yeah I'm looking at them uh, and um, when you were talking I just popped into my head Instead of a player of the year, I think they should just have a team of the year and you and you get some sort of medal or some sort of something that you, you make that team of the year. I think that'd be a, a better option, so you'll have your best goalkeeper, best right full, best left full, all the way through. Um but anyhow, that, that would that I think that would sit with me better than just the, the one player. When you look at Dawson DeVoy, Ross Tierney and Colin Wheelham, I'm fans of all them, they're all excellent young players. I had Time in my life watching Bowes in Europe, I thought they played some of the best football that the league seen this year. Uh, obviously, it was in Europe, but I me mean, from a League of Ireland side, I thought Dawson Devoy and Ross Tierney were absolutely brilliant in those European games, and 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 in the run that surrounded that European campaign in the league, they were on fire as well. Again, Bowes slumped. These, I think these players didn't play especially when they went to Europe I think there was a, a slump in that side a bit of a hangover and the consistency wasn't there again now for younger players that's acceptable because that's what happens so that's not a thing so my, my thing about consistency would be more with the senior players and for to be getting player of the years and stuff like that you need to be consistent but I, I really for me during their peak times again Colin a good player scores plenty of goals but for me Ross Tierney I thought was the standout uh, I, th- I thought he was so effective for Bowes his running his pressing you know just his effect on, on the game so if it was for me I'd be picking Ross Tierney
0: Look, you, you won't him i made me case for Callum, but you won't him if he's playing it against uh, Dawson the boy i like, said a couple of times in Shaw he's the most exciting prospect in the league He's the one that you feel that he like wanted to get a new record you'd be successful. I think he's a cracking footballer. Same with Ross Turney. Um,
1: Give it to them all, Nathan. I,
0: I, I know we disagree with it over the season. Me and We you, you feel there's not enough direct players. You know, winners actually yeah. that wanted to take on players having a goal. I think of like Ross Falls in that category, Look, even lads that missed out, you know, uh, Ronan Boyce at Derry's been excellent when he got in. Uh, Killian Phillips had draw another very exciting mistake. Like, look, even Daryl Bones is in Pats, another lad that's so direct and, and just fantastic to watch. No fear with a lot of calls. This this is a stack when the young player of the year is absolutely stacked. And even picking out them three lads is uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough task.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just to finish off, I suppose, again, Roberto Lopez for me was as consistent as you can be as a centre-back, I suppose, in a title-winning team. So he he deserves to get the nod there, in my opinion. OK, let's talk about Roy Keane uh, and his future, I suppose. Does he go back into management or continue as a pundit? It spawns off from a, a, an article in the newspaper. Nathan, uh, tell us about the article first. Yeah, yeah, Roy was sitting
0: down uh, having a chat with the Sunday Times. Um no, pondering his future a little bit. They're uh, talking about his time in management of like the Sunderland and Switch and, and, and various coaching assistant roles at, um, at Ireland, Afton Villa and Nottingham Forest all with, with Martin O'Neill. He's been out of the game now since, uh, since 2011. That's, uh, and that's funny as well, even doing a bit of research for this. There's always a League of Ireland connection, isn't there? His last role in 2011, obviously, uh, in town. And he replaced Jim O'Gillton. I can switch in 2009, so there's always a connection on this podcast. And um, he's there until, until January 2011. He wonders if his reputation among chairman, among um, chairman, chairman is damaging uh, his career options, and as he has been able to gain for so long, out uh, of able to management side of things, and he's admitted that every day he still has that urge to get back into management and, and it's something that he sees. However, Roy did say in this interview that if he signs another year. Uh, for TV Pundit walk, he thinks the dream of being a manager is over and he'll, he'll, have, to, he'll have to close that book, close that chapter uh, of his life and give himself some closure and move on to television walk. So, it was just, it was short uh, because it was one that, it, that was pretty much the nugget of information, but it's one that got me thinking. What do you think is best for Roy in the future going forward? Because, look, you, you can look him on the television and get away from the whole box office attraction, you know, we've seen him going on, on, on rants and we've seen him in, and I know that down to the heart of things, that's probably what we watch watching for, you know, and his weird little dynamic, he has it, Michael richard and things like that, but getting away from that, I suppose, the, the big question is, Does Roy Keane have the personality that, that you need to have in modern football, where the younger lads come through, and not that, say lads are, are softer, but, I, I think the era of a manager going in and smashing teacups around and swerving at lads and giving them the 10th the degree, that might be fading away. And I just wonder, would Roy Team be able to get the best out of the younger players uh, in, the mod- in modern football?
1: I would say that needs to be brought back. When you look at the likes of Messi, Neymar and Mbappe strolling around the pitch against Manchester City and doing what they want it's like the spoiled culture that's gone through society at the moment where mummies and daddies allow their kids to do what they want and and uh, they're, they're lesser for it i think that the uh, football is it is lesser for a bit of truth being told lesser for um managers being in charge and uh, lesser for a little bit of fear of of a manager, where nowadays players can hide behind chairman, hide behind fans, hide behind social media. So for me,
0: agents as well, and,
1: and agents, yeah. So for me, th- there would be a place if it was if it was Mike. Now I know loads of people disagree with this because I know I've had this discussion with with, with plenty of friends and stuff like that who who wouldn't t- touch Roy Keane, you know, at a barge pole if they had a football club, but he's refused a lot of clubs and because he didn't sit right and it's like it's it's like that you know someone who's waiting for that perfect relationship and no one's good enough for them and they keep waiting and keep waiting and then they're left on their own and Roy Keane's kind of like that now he's he's kind of looking at himself going oh I could be I could be single here for a while I mightn't get a club yeah. and it's kind of starting to worry him now that he might have actually missed the boat and I'd say he probably got good decent He probably wanted Premiership. He probably wanted Championship. He could very well have got good, decent clubs who may well be in the Championship now and may well be in the Premiership now. He may have got those offers and didn't take them. And maybe there's some regret with some of them that he missed out on. Could he do a job? Yes. I think he did a good job at Sunderland. Um, I think that no one has done a good job at Ipswich since Bobby Robson probably. Um, but when you got when you yeah they got into the Premier League or whatever and did rubbish so yeah uh, Ipswich is a, it's a tough club so could he go and do a job somewhere absolutely I definitely think he could I think he'd get a lot of respect he probably couldn't go back to the likes of Manchester United or, I, I don't think he'd be a good fit with Manchester United anyhow. but no, you know at he slags off a lot of teams in the Premier League so I don't think our players so I don't think that that's going to work there I think that you know he probably is a championship club manager he's going to have to look at something like that or or a a big club in in league one and he's going to have to earn his right to get back into football management he can't expect to get a a top job now so yeah or or maybe maybe international football would seep him back in again and then he'll get a club job off the back of that Uh, so you need to think wisely about what job you take there but yeah I, I think there's a I think there's a place for a minute I think you you get older, you get more experienced, you get a little bit wiser about how you act. Um, but I still don't think that the you know getting a bollocking off someone, whether that's in football, whether that's you know a home, <laughs> whatever it is, sometimes people need to be woken up and 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 let know that listen, that's not acceptable. So, uh, I am not I'm for muddy and managers. Uh, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer was one of those, and uh, look how that turned out
0: yeah it's, um, I can understand why he might not be the most attractive uh, manager looking for a job I do I, I, what I remember with my Sunderland he's done, he's done well there um, but if you go in and you look at the history of, of lads that have fallen out with him uh, behind the scenes so he's a man of principles uh, which we know that to be true um, I, I do agree that. that there is a lot to be said for, for a man just that can grab a player but a scuff the neck and you know, you, you don't have to always massage and suit the ego. I did see, I, I know the report for after bollocks but that, he was in contention to take over at Manchester United with, with the interim. Um, I, a I, doubt, I he, doubt he, he was he,
1: even a taut, Nathan.
0: No, that's I, I, I say to a. to him, had loads of fucking lad boys and things like that yeah. with that. With, uh, with Bit of a part of it, you know. So, but don't get me wrong, it gave me a giggle the thought of him. He acted like Jesse Lingard around the dressing room, Paul Podgate around the dressing room. It did give me a bit of a chuckle. And, and while it would never be in anybody's right to say, inform someone like Roy Keane that's been successful in he's who, who, up there with the, with the best football that's ever come out of this country. I think there'll be more of a sustainable income and a stable living of him. Um, doing the television work, I think it seems to suit him better. Um, but, but it doesn't seem that yeah, he'd be
1: happy doing that though, Nathan. He seems like he, yeah, needs, no, is he has that itch.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, the bug there. Um, it, But it just seems to be looking at modern game, rightly or wrongly, it seems to suit him more. Uh, probably make a better living with the likes of Scott sports as well. I floats, oh, we don't really get it over here, but he floats between it for I T V and things like that as yeah. well. That's what it is It's a viable option where weird, weird go Because even in Scotland You know We've been critical of Scotland We've brief time, It was Celtic as well So that look like an option You look, like he does Want a, a big job Europe a European job You could never really imagine Where he uh Settling into a different culture you Now going over to like, The laid-back styles Of you know, Italy Or something like that Or France And Settling in over there um, It looks like it's, it's England are bust Jesus uh, like no League of World club be yeah, ever Able to bring him in uh would imagine that the, the wage would be it would be a, a high enough wage to do it lo more weight in the life of Sky sports so it does look like it could be incredible robust and if you're willing to go down to the championship which can be so cut and unforgiving um it's hard to see. I like so, uh, people will always go for the insuffici job and I know that in is in really like a a poison chalice at this stage, isn't it? Um it was just so inconsistently fair to get promotion wrong but so many good managers have uh, at that club I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him stick with what he's doing at the moment. I think he could become into one of the more the the headline pundits a score you know up there with well, likely Caravan never would give you that bit more in depth analysis uh, for that route, but you do need that little bit of entertainment value and Viking gives you that while well, being a good pundit, I think if you strip away all the the, the vants and the the bollocks uh, that he, he does play, good players, particularly Manchester United there is a good pundit in there, he's um, articulated, he'd be a good speaker, and um, someone with the experience that he's had, so, with international level, club level, success that he brought at club level, um, yes, I you find it fascinating to listen to, um, when he's doing pundit work, uh, be, if I had a choice, I'd well, I know Roy seems that he wants to go back down to of m- m- Mansion, but 10 years is a long time as well, you know, things have it changed so much in, in that stage, Um I just wonder what he would do for the morale of addressing room And I know they said players should be given a ball, to him, but it's just not what it is anymore. Dress rooms would be the much more quiet, uh, self centered places, which would, from what he'd remember,
1: yeah, okay, right. We'll uh, we leave that one there, we'll see what happens with Roy Key. And I can't see anything happening this year, so you're talking about maybe the summer. And maybe he said that's his last chance and maybe he's going to be a TV man for the rest of his life. Wexford won the Women's FAI Cup um, at the weekend, Nathan, against Shells. But there was a little incident, or no incident in the end, uh, regarding uh, eligibility <laughs> of a Wexford LGBT, player,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we had a well, look at me throwing you under the bus. Oh, you had a struggle with that and watch before he came on the year. <laughs> well, look, this is part of the When you listen to me talking, but yeah, um, going back to the game, just run to, just a oh, look give a little run through of the game for us, just briefly, will be probably we jump into the uh, the potential controversy that might not be. Um, Yeah, like last Sunday, Palace Stadium uh, in front of a record 3,053 spectators, which is a record for the women's FEI Cup final. And early indications as well, say it's it's a record viewership for the game on RTE two, So these are all good things to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, Rexford uh, 3-1-0. Lin-Marie Grant opened the score with Rexford. Actually, lovely, lovely goal. Chipped the goalkeeper really, really well. Uh, then Clever Grant put it back for shells, making it one-on before half-time then we had Colin Murphy uh, the Wexford captain we gained the late Gael Kennedy scored an screamer, scream well, if you can check it out uh, to, to seal the game for Wexford yes, They've given Wexford the third women's FBI Cup in four years while at this point Shell won on the day to lose the Cup final uh, still like we said last week they won their women's National League this season and they'll be going into the women's Champions League next year so yeah, well done to work um on the day, getting the win and nice to see, you know, them positive figures in terms of attendance and in terms of viewership. Um yeah, positive signs uh, for the Women's national league. And that probably you know what that probably puts the bed a little uh, conversation we were having a few weeks ago, doesn't it? In terms of do you have these games at their own events or do you pack them on to the men's FBI Cup final? So it seems to be successful in terms of uh, attendance for the so willing to hear. But well, yeah, moving on to this uh, potential controversy that may not exist, which is a very common view. Uh, so it's been reported that the FAO have launched an investigation into the eligibility, smashed it in one, smashed it in one, <laughs> of uh, a Wexford youth player. So this came when uh, Pige Lynch came on, around 15 minutes ago, around the 75th minute, came on for a limerick grant who scored the opening goal for uh, for Wexford. But apparently, uh, Keegan Lynch wasn't on the team sheet that was submitted to the FEI, which is a pretty big admin error to make. Um, So, shells came out uh, on that official website and they stated that they've made no official complaint to the FEI regarding uh, the investigation or the incident. Uh, They went on to say that they were beaten by the better team and an admin error that may or may not have happened won't stop them from accepting their defeat. Well, look, um, you do have to give credit, and I think you have to give credit where it's due to the shellbone. They could have made an issue out of this, and look, it definitely could have been within their rights. It's a really, really bad error to make, um on the behalf of the Advent team, or the Reverend Charter, Western Youth. But not only that, it, a lot of people must have missed that, you know. It's down to the fourth official, I believe, so, you know, they, the ones that run through the, the, the team sheets as well, and... Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Will more? Will we see more come out with this? Will the
1: FEO continue the investigation? Well, I'd like to see that well, this shell statement should should
0: be
1: the end of it, but I think that should be the yeah. stance, shouldn't it? Because yeah, h- how much did she affect the game? Where they, you know, the game was probably nearly lost at that stage, you know. So you'd be really just plucking that out, just it. And do you want to win it on on a, on a call like that? You know, yeah,
0: league, you're yeah. not, it's
1: not going to feel like you won it. The, the, the celebrations are on the day. If it's something like the player who, who was there, the scored a the hat-trick and, and they weren't supposed to be there, you go, yeah, OK, fine. Yeah, that's a little bit different. But yeah, I you have to applaud Shells for this one because, you know, they're taking the defeat, you know, just as it is. It's a, it. it they, were, they were beaten by a better side on the day. So that's it. Perfect. I, th- I can't uh, I can't. say any more about that. And as you said, yeah, it, it's a, a good game, decent crowd. I'm still thinking that they probably would like to be playing in the Aviva, though. I mean, there's probably going to be, and we're yeah. going to go on to the, the, the FAI Cup final now, there's probably going to be a record uh, capacity crowd nearly. They're talking 35,000 sold already, and there's still days to go for more people to get their tickets. And of course, if the, the women's final was on then you would have got at least another three or 4,000 there at that game too. So, it, yeah. I, I mean, you don't get to play in front of forty to 50,000 people very often.
0: No, and that's I think that's the thing that we wrapped up on a couple of weeks ago that it's the FBI Cup Finals for both uh, the women's and the men. It's a spectacle. It's a day out. It's, it's uh, the finale of, of the season and, and to get to play that in front of it. it even if Not many go in here to watch the women's games. It's still in Yviva, it's in the National Football Stadium, you know. It it should be an event in itself. It should be a proud moment, you know. We're going to have family and friends coming in to see a play on on the famous pitch. So, yeah, I think that in itself, uh, while it's nice to see these positive figures, I I know we we both uh, echoed the same sentiment a couple of weeks ago that Yviva, uh, just to have that day out in itself is, is, is really an award for the players. Uh, for getting to the final rather than winning the
1: cup and everything that comes with it. Yeah, but I'm sure for the women's game, they'll be hoping to, you know, have that day themselves one day. The game builds here and that the crowds build with it. And over the space of whatever it is, five to ten years that the the, the crowds and women's football will have grown so much that uh, maybe they'll be able to get those type of crowds in as well because women's football is flourishing in Ireland and it'd be great to see that happen and that there's more women's football on the television. So that would be brilliant to see. OK, we're going to go and talk about the uh, the Big Cup final this week. St. Pats and Bows, Nathan, obviously you're going to the match so uh, oh, it's going yeah. to be an ex- exciting time for you. How do you feel?
0: Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's getting there now. It is uh, at the start of the week. It's uh, it feels ages away, but now yeah, the, the nerves are starting to kick in. The excitement's starting to build, and even just as the day itself, you know, you mentioned the tickets uh, of a total of 1, being sold. That would be the record uh of 7,010, Uh 2010. Slugger a Shamrock Lawless. It'd be great to beat that record to get to get over that and just to have that little little caveat little nugget. Um I think there is there were good like six was six thousand off the all time records that was set in nineteen forty five rovers mm. and balls in daily Mount So still a little bit away of off the all time record, but yeah, it'd be brilliant to have uh to break the And just after everything that we all went through, you know, it was difficult for everybody, um you know, whether you, you want to go and actually watch the sport football or whether you want to go to the game with your mates or your social aspects. It was difficult for people to stay away, you know. Um, so to have this big uh, climactic moment at the end, end of um, the, the full season back in action, yeah, it'd be great to see as big a crowd as possible. So if you're listening, they'll have your tickets. Go you to take them them. Yeah, uh, go, go watch some live football. Hopefully it'll be an entertaining game. Um the fairness, with the head-to-head between the two sides of the season. Uh, uh, Pats won the first game in April with a Coughlin goal, the game then won the game in May. I think it was a, uh, May penalty with Robbie Benson. Then uh, Bohemians won, we B be Pats uh, 3-2, I think in July. But then a couple of weeks ago, we've seen the two all draw between the two sides. And it was honestly one of the games of the season. It was played at a blistering pace some uh really, really high standards of, of attacking football, aggressive football being played. So if you can get something like that, I'm sure even from neutrals listening in and looking in the game, if you can get that standard of football, it'd have to be absolutely excellent, you know, people looking in, we might not be an avid league of oil and but if you can get these games to be advertising for the league and, and to show a little glimpse of what, what the what standard of football is all about, who knows? Who could tackle on and who could become um, a new regular fan for the 2022 season. So, here's hoping. Yeah, the Astros are the to build. Um, I'm not going to be brave enough to make a prediction, Roy, I'm afraid. I'm going to have to pull out of that one. Um, I don't want to open it Obviously, I'm going to of going to wonder. Where do you think, Nathan,
1: one? just just before you go into it, where like, do you think the game can be won and lost for both teams?
0: I was a little, you was know, going to bring up and while well, it's not on to but the biggest probably news one of the bigger news stories coming in is uh, Keith Long won't be on the touchline line on the day with and um, from his red card against Shamrock over two weeks ago carrying over How much of a big effect with that play um, I'm sure the bowls will be happy that George Kelly back from injury he was on the score sheet in the weekend against Sligo. that would be a big thing for them um, and I think also with that a lot of people that not being mentioned or sort of being shoved off is. And you touched on it earlier with the European experience. You have that little bit, you know, and boy, know it was—it was. It was uh, but I know the crowd was somewhat limited on the day, but you have that uh, Viva statement experience in the European one in the summer, mm. which for me, and I, I think you can't pass it off because you're walking into the, the League of grounds on a weekly basis. It's a different field, and, and I'm sure it's a, it's a different atmosphere completely when you have that day in the Viva. You know, you, you listen to football at like that. Went through the day, went through the experience. It's the one day of the year where you actually feel like a professional footballer, like, you know, wow. staying in the hotels like before, getting a coach from town and seeing the masses of people, uh, wearing their jerseys, wearing their scarf outside the bars, hotels, whatever it may be. So I think with Bowls during the summer, having that, would be the stadium experience. That will play a factor to them.
1: Okay. So Bowles win, is what you're saying?
0: I'm not making a video. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You won't get me now. The one team has to, like I said, through the season, and hasn't affected them as much as I thought. With the thinness of the squad, and um, it's, it's steadily improving. I think John Maltby is the only player that can be really missing in action. And um, for Stephen O'Donnell, he's out with a long-term injury. Hoping to see him back early uh, next season. So, look, as the game goes in as well, we could be looking at potential penalties and extra time and, and things like that, and which we could. It's uh, been tight encounters between these two sides. Uh, as I mentioned there, we're looking at the four head-to-heads in the latest season. So these are things that can kind of a factor. You know, we've often seen a in the past where you obviously have to point it your best 11, but it's the impact on the bench and the tough squad depth that that can really help it in those uh, during uh, minutes when players are getting tired and you're bringing some fresh faces off the bench and Having that impact is really, really important. So that will be a benefit for both sides. Like I said, George and Kelly coming back for well, a pass because he wasn't lucky that uh, they're coming towards the, the latter end of the season with, with injuries and things like that. So I'd of like Robbie Benson in particular, as I said, Lee Desmond, he suffered a bad injury against uh, Waterford. He's back now the past couple of weeks. So it's good to see these lads come back into the trade.
1: Yep, 100%. I think you have a point about Bose and the Aviva. That's a, That's a Decent factor they've played there and from the de- big crowds, so that'll be a positive for them. I do think that St Pat's this year are were pro- improved outfit. I mean, finishing second to Rovers is a is a good achievement. As you said, you think they probably overachieved, but th- this is a fifty fifty game really. In, in, in my opinion, yeah. it'll come down to match winners and. I'll stick my neck out. I think bows are gonna sneak it. Um I'm, I'm gonna go two one bows. So yeah, uh, yeah, perfect, yeah, but it could easily be any other way. I mean th- this is so tight. But with match winners, as you said, like you've got the likes of Ross Tierney, Dawson Devoy, Georgie, Kelly, who are who are all good players. Um I, I th- Yeah, I think I think say Pat's are gonna to have to play at their absolute best to to win this. Uh, even though they've finished second in the league and uh, Bowes have finished fifth, I still think that Bowes Bowes have a slight slight upper hand if they perform on the day.
0: And that's that's probably a, a, a caveat to go with as well, boys with Bowe's finishing fifth, you know, it's just this is it now. This is their last chance to learn at European football yeah. for next season. Boy look Pat, the state there is state for Pat. It's not a nothing game. You wanna go out, you wanna win the FL Cup. They're here now, they're in the final. I know we have European football in the bag for yes. next year, but it seems to be stupid to, to say that, you know, well, all well, of the teams that want to come in and win it, they both want to win it, but there is that extra little bit of pressure on Bowlers that you know, just that little bit extra on the line for them uh, compared to what they're at past going to be. But I'm still not making a prediction for that, maybe.
1: Okay, we'll we'll be talking to you after the game and and, and see how you feel after that. Okay, Nathan, thanks very much. Thanks very much to everyone out there who is uh, listening to us and who have joined us throughout the the year. Uh, We will have uh, at least one more show um, and then we might take a little break just over to Christmas and and be back hopefully bigger and better next year. Enjoy the FAI Cup final um, and if you have a chance, go. There's tickets still available. Get out there and enjoy the game. Talk to you soon.